You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. I've been asked many times how I feel about Evan McMullen and whether I will endorse Evan McMullen, the conservative independent candidate for president. And some of those recently people have been contacting me somewhat hostile, somewhat accusatory asking me why haven't I said anything about Evan McMullen and then finally I was I was probably going to record a, a podcast about this uh when I got a text message from my mom saying are you going to endorse Evan McMullen what's going on and then I thought well okay I guess that means I really should say something about it so I want to tell you not just how I feel about <clears throat> Evan McMullen but but here's my opinion about what we should do as conservatives, how we should handle the election generally. And I, and I know it's, it seems like I've given my opinion on that many times, but here's my opinion on the, on the actual strategy. Here, here's what I think we should do about the election. And it's not, you know, it might surprise you a little bit because it's not as, it's not a simple, it's not a simple answer. And it's, and even though I'm a never Trump guy and I personally, and my disdain for uh, Donald Trump is well known, as well as my disdain for, for for Hillary Clinton. My answer is not as simple as don't vote for Donald Trump, because I think there are situations where you should. So let me just um, let me just try to lay all this out. So first, Evan McMullen, on a personal level, I like him. <clears throat> he seems like a decent, honest, God-fearing family man. Uh, certainly in this cycle, that alone is enough to make him a breath of fresh air. So compared to the other two, he's like, he's um, might as well be Gandhi and and mother Teresa all rolled into one. And I don't know, Joan of Arc and Moses throw them all together compared to compared to the other two that we have on a professional level. I think his background in the CIA is very useful, especially in today's world. On a political and ideological level, I think I largely agree with many of his views, but he's also been rather vague on the ones that matter most to me. He says he's pro-life, for instance, and I I believe that he is, but his website only explicitly condemns subsidized abortion on demand. That's very conspicuous that if you go to his website, you click on the, you know, issues tab, and then it says life. It's a very eloquent uh, thing about the dignity of human life, which is very good, but what he talks about explicitly fighting and trying to resist is subsidized abortion on demand. There are some qualifiers in there that give me pause. Subsidized on demand. Of course, we don't want subsidized abortion on demand, but we just don't want abortion at all. Really, that's what we should be fighting against. He says the marriage fight is over and we should move on. As for religious liberty, I've heard him asked about it a few times and all he would say is that steps should be taken to protect religious liberty i'm not aware that he's ever come out and stated that for instance business owners should be allowed to refuse to participate in gay weddings 
maybe he has said that, but in the interviews I've heard where he's been asked about those situations directly, he's avoided addressing the particulars of it. So I don't know. The answer is, how does he really feel? I don't know. All in all, he's basically a moderate conservative. And there's been a lot of those. We've had a lot of moderate conservatives. In a, if he was running, in the, if this was a normal sort of primary and he was running as a Republican and we were back and we could turn back the clock and take Donald Trump out, put, put Evan McMullen in there, uh, and there were 16 other choices, I wouldn't be distraught if he ended up being the nominee from the other choices, but he wouldn't be the one I supported in the primary if there were a bunch of other options because he's too moderate for my, chase, my taste. Um, but the fact that he's a moderate conservative means that he's far, far better on the issues than either of the two liberals on the major tickets. And he's better than the libertarian candidate who is forcefully opposed to religious liberty and in favor of abortion. He's not Cruz. He's not Rubio ideologically. He's not even Bush ideologically, really. But as president, uh, he would be George Washington compared to Trump and Clinton. So that's so all in all, very favorable. I have a very favorable impression of him is what I'm trying to say. Will I vote for him? Well, he's not on the ballot in my state. And Clinton is winning here by over 30 points. It's quite literally impossible that anybody but Clinton wins Maryland. Mathematically speaking, my vote for president in this state does not matter. And I know they always tell you in the Rock the Vote commercials that every vote matters. Not really. Actually, not really. It's, it's, you, know, you live in a state where the, one of the candidates is 35 points up. Your vote, at the end of the day, it's just going to be, oh, Clinton wins Maryland. Clinton, uh, Maryland goes blue for the, for the uh, whatever, 10th presidential election in, the row, in a row or however long it's been. That's all that it's going to say. And whatever I voted for is not really going to matter. Um, so my main focus is on down-ballot candidates where at least there's a chance to get some non-Democrats elected. That's where I'm really focusing. If I'm making a protest vote or a write-in vote at the top of the ticket, it'll be for whichever candidate who's on the ballot or not on the ballot most aligns with my views. And I can't see any point in handling a protest vote any other way. It's a protest vote. It's not, it's, there's no practical purpose for it. You're just trying to make a statement. And if you're trying to make a statement, then you should vote for whoever uh, most closely aligns with my views. And as far as that goes, um, so who will I ultimately write in at the top of the ticket in Maryland? I'm still not sure, to be honest with you. And like I said, it's, it, that's a decision I'll make, but it's not going to really matter that much in the end. It's just going to be, it's going to make me feel good to write somebody in there who, uh, who is not Trump or, or Clinton, but Clinton will win the state anyway. Now, will I endorse him? The answer to that question is no, for a few reasons. Well, number one, I don't think my endorsement matters that much. But number two, my objective has been and will be to continue providing to the best of my ability some clarity and truth in this terrible election season. When events happen, uh, news breaks relating to the candidates, I want to be able to give you my perspective without my opinions being written off as, oh, he's just shilling for fill in the blank. I'm really, I'm really not focused on supporting an individual candidate being like a de facto surrogate for an individual candidate. That's not what I'm focused on. All, all I want to do as much as possible is provide 
an insight, a straightforward perspective on all this, which will hopefully get you, help you sort things out, make a clear decision about who you want to vote for. In the in the primary, for instance, I, I went a long time in, in the primary, and I was just giving my opinion on what's going on, on the different candidates. Finally, towards the end of it, well, probably midway through the primary, I came out and said, yeah, I support Ted Cruz. He's my guy, personally. And I kind of regretted doing that, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think it made a difference. It didn't really make a difference. I don't think anyone was convinced to vote for Ted Cruz because I said so. I don't have that kind of influence. All it really accomplished was that from then on out, unfairly, I think, but still, from then on out, every time I offered an analysis of what was going on in the race, after a debate, whatever else, every time I did, you know, you'd have a, a good portion of the readership that said, well, you're just saying that because you're a cruise guy, which wasn't the case at all. I didn't. I said from the beginning, yeah, I support him, but I'd be happy with some of these other guys, and I'm not like a, an obsessed fan here. I'm pretty emotionally detached from the politicians. I always am. So just because I support a certain candidate, doesn't I'll still criticize them if they need to be criticized. But the way that it, people interpret it is, oh, you're, you're for that guy now. And it, whatever else you say doesn't really matter because that's where you stand. And so I don't want to disqualify everything else I have to say. And I think if, um, if you're someone in a, in a position of much more influence than me, then it might be different. Then you might say to yourself, well, yeah, I am going to kind of qual- disqualify a lot of my analysis but it's more important to me to throw my support behind this person because maybe I could actually get them elected just with my support. And that's more important. I don't have, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of influence at all. So all I can really do by quote unquote supporting a candidate publicly is disqualify a lot of the analysis that I give from then on, even if it's fair analysis. So I'm not out to sell a candidate. I'm just out to uh, tell the truth. And that's how I decided to you know, handle the general election. I wish it's how I handled the uh, Well, it is how I handled the primary, but I wish that I had just stuck with that and not even gone into the, gone to the extent of supporting a candidate. Um, three, this is a really important point. I don't think, this is what, this is what it gets down to, because I, I, I do have an opinion, although I'm not supporting a particular candidate, I do have an opinion about how we should handle the voting process this time around. I don't think... Anyone outside of Utah and possibly Idaho, I'll say Utah and Idaho. I don't think anyone outside of Utah and Idaho should vote for Evan McMullen. I'll tell you why. Uh, McMullen is not just a protest vote. He's also, or at least he should be, a strategic vote for a lot of people, depending on what state you live in. As I said, someone like me in Maryland, cleans ahead by 35 points. McMullen's not even on the ballot, probably polls at like, 0.05% 0.05% if, the, if they even polled for him, which I don't think they do. So for me, all I can do, I'm not going to vote for Clinton, of course. So all I can do is a protest vote on the top of the ticket. It's, it's the only thing I can do. I can't do anything else in the ballot box on the top of the ticket. But in a lot of states, that's not the case. You can also be strategic. Vote with a practical goal in mind. And that goal is to stop Clinton and Trump. Now, it's a long shot, but... Well, look, there's, there's, there's only two ways to keep Hillary Clinton. Let's start with Hillary Clinton. There's only two ways to keep Hillary Clinton out of the White House. The first, and this is the one that Trump fans want, Trump could win. That's a very, very unlikely scenario at this point. And you have to face that fact, no matter if you support him or not. Polls have him down 8, 9, 11, 12 points. And here we are a couple weeks out from, from the election. 
He's down by 11 and 12, down by double digits in most polls, in most national polls. And this is with more Trump opposition research still going to come out. And he's only coming, I've heard rumors about some of the stuff that's going to come out. I don't want to repeat them because they're just rumors. But the, uh, the consensus seems to be there's some really bad stuff still to come. And even if nothing else comes out, he's only going down from here. Still. And here's the other thing. He's not trying to win anymore. He's not, try, he's not even trying. He's not even attempting to appeal to the people he needs to appeal to in order to win. In order to be a legitimate candidate. The reality is that if he wants to be president, he needs independence. He needs suburban women. He, 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 needs, he needs some minorities at least. He needs at least the share of minorities that Romney got, but really he needs more than that because if you'll remember, Romney didn't win. But he's not anywhere even close to where Romney was on, in any of those categories. He's not trying to win any of these votes. At this point, he's trying only to satiate his base, and his base is mostly white males over 40. And I'm sorry, but you can't win an election in uh, 2016 America if that's your only contingent of voters. So he's not trying to win. I mean, did you see the attack ad he put out on Hillary last week? He, he showed her coughing and falling over, attacking her health. Uh, he is, he's been attacking her, her over Bill's infidelities, we know. That's the other one. And yeah, I think those things are relevant. Um, you probably think they're relevant if you're a conservative. And it might be kind of cathartic for us to see someone attacking Hillary on these issues. But these issues will not win over undecided voters they just won't they haven't they're not working they won't work they just won't i'm sorry we might want them to but they won't and they aren't and they won't and they aren't and that's it they won't so trump is down double digits in the polls and he appears to have given up and he's only putting out things now and launching attacks and and, and approaching things in a way that will ensure that his base is still very enthusiastic but they've always been enthusiastic and they've always only been about 35 to 40% of the Republican electorate. That's his base. And he's brought in, you know, hopefully for his sake, he's brought in another 30 or 40% of reluctant people. They're not, they're not, he's not even trying to appeal to the reluctant Trump voters anymore. Just his base, just the people that he's had ever since July of 2015. He's trying to make sure he keeps them. He's not going to win with them. He's not even trying to win. Okay, then. So his chance, you know, I think the betting markets have, have him at a, like a 9 or 10% chance of winning at this point. And I think that's pretty accurate. All right? So you, just, you have to face that. You have to face that. So then we start thinking. And look, if you, if, I know if you're a Trump person, if, you're, if you've been on the Trump bandwagon since day one, you're a Trump groupie kind of person. You voted for him in the primaries. Everything I'm saying now, you don't like, you don't want to hear it. Uh, you're tuning out. You probably aren't even listening. You probably tuned out already. You know, you're probably already gone, so I shouldn't even be talking to you. Everybody else, you're either a never Trump person or you're a reluctant Trump voter. But if you're a reluctant Trump voter, that means that you, and that's all, there's a lot, you know, that's probably the majority of uh, conservatives. If you're a reluctant Trump voter, then you agree. You You think, you think, yeah, you think Trump is the lesser of two evils, but Trump is really putting the evil in lesser of two evils, isn't he? I mean, he's really, this is why people are torturing over this. And this is why I've always said, I think it's a morally justified choice to vote for Donald Trump as a lesser to evils. I understand, I understand doing that. I do understand it. I'm not, I don't judge people to do it. 
I judge the people who voted for him in the primaries and have been enthusiastic about him from day one. I judge the people who have changed their principles for his sake. I judge the people who have started defending things like sexual assault for his sake. I do judge that, but a reluctant Trump voter, I don't judge. I understand it. I get it. I, look, I really do. I get it. I get it. And I also understand that I'm in an easy spot because I'm in a state that no one can win but Hillary anyway. So I'm sort of off the hook as far as like, I don't have the, you know, because my vote doesn't matter. I don't have to torture about it quite as much. And I realize that. I realize that, you know. Um, But if you're a reluctant Trump voter, it means that you know that uh, a Trump presidency, although it might not be as bad in your mind as a Hillary presidency, it'll still be really bad. It's still going to be bad. It's not going to be good. And it would be best if neither of them won. So now let's get back to this. How do we keep Hillary out? Aside from... Making sure Trump gets in there. We know that that's very unlikely. There's another scenario that's also unlikely, but it has the advantage of keeping them both out. And this brings us back to the third reason I won't endorse McMullen or encourage anyone outside of Utah and Idaho to vote for him. Because the second way to keep her out and keep Trump out, and that means creating an electoral college deadlock. I'm sure you've heard about this. It's not. It's it's a it's a slim, slim, slim chance, but it's not a no chance, and it's not that much slimmer than the chance that Trump wins at this point. So we're dealing with slim chances all around. If we're talking about keeping Hillary out, it's all slim chances. And our job now is to figure out what's the best scenario and just what's the best and also possible best possible scenario. That's what we have to figure out and then try to pursue that end. That's what we should do, be doing now strategically. I want to get past the point of just complaining about how the, the election has been, talking about how horrible it is, and, and I want to get to the point of pursuing a strategy to possibly, even if it's a slim hope, but possibly prevent the impending disaster. And preventing the intent... Uh, Impending disaster means preventing either candidate from getting to 270 electoral votes, Um, which really means preventing Hillary from getting to 270 because Trump can't get there anyway. So how do you do that? Well, again, it's a long, long, long shot, but here's how it goes. Um, There's one state where McMullen really has a very good chance to be the first independent to win electoral votes in the past 50 years. Clinton and Trump are tied in Utah. Right now, last I saw, with McMullen, like right behind them, two or three points, three or four points maybe. Um, People say McMullen is stealing votes from Trump there, but that's absurd because, first of all, Trump doesn't own the votes to begin with, but second, he's tied with Clinton. So McMullen is as much stealing votes from Clinton as he's stealing them from Trump. What I'm saying is, you take we don't know how Utah is going to go now, and there's a very good chance that Clinton will be the one who wins it. So if McMullen sneaks out ahead at the very end, it could be that he stole it from Clinton, not from Trump. So it makes a lot of sense to, to, to support McMullen if you live in Utah. Uh, a lot of people think McMullen has a shot, shot in Idaho, too, because Idaho is heavily Mormon. McMullen is Mormon. And like Utah, its voters really hate both Clinton and Trump. So let's say McMullen takes both of those states. Or let's say just one of them. Let's say he takes Utah. Um, what needs to happen next? Well... The next step, as far as I can tell, is Gary Johnson, not far behind Clinton and Trump in New Mexico. Clinton is winning there. If Johnson sneaks ahead and takes New Mexico, 
He takes it from Clinton. And he, again, makes it harder for Clinton to get to 270. And that means if you live in, in New Mexico, I would say don't vote for McMullen. McMullen isn't, isn't, I don't know if he's on the ballot there, but he's far behind. He's not going to win it. Someone like McMullen, not going to win New Mexico. Okay? Not going to happen. Uh, so if you live in New Mexico, again, we're being strategic here. We're actually trying to accomplish a goal. And the goal is to keep both Clinton and Trump out of the White House. And ultimately, it means McMullen would be the one to go in. So what do you do? This is the interesting thing. If you live in New Mexico and you want McMullen, what's the best thing you can do? Don't vote for McMullen. That's the best thing you can do. Vote for Gary Johnson. The objective there is to keep, is to keep it away from Hillary so she doesn't get the electoral votes. Now, Johnson is pro-abortion. And I never vote for pro-abortion candidates. I never encourage anyone else to. But this cre- And I've been thinking a lot about this because it creates an interesting moral question. Can you vote for Johnson knowing for absolute certainty that he can't actually win because he can't. There's no, there's no scenario, and we'll get to that in a second, but there's no scenario where Johnson becomes the next president. So if you vote for him in New Mexico, it's a pure, it could be a protest vote. It could be you're libertarian and you really like him. Okay? Or it could be it's a, it's a pure strategic move and the vote means nothing but that. And so in that sense, it means quite a bit to keep the state away from the even more pro-abortion Hillary and possibly send the election to the House of Representatives, which is what happens if nobody gets to 270. Here's the important part. Utah is worth six electoral college votes. New Mexico is worth five. My understanding is that if nobody wins, and this has never happened before, and like I said, probably won't still happen, but it's, it's an end that we should pursue. Um... So if nobody wins, nobody gets to 270, it goes to the House of Representatives, the incoming House of Representatives, and they decide who the president is. They have to choose between the top three candidates, meaning Johnson is out, McMullen is in. By one electoral college vote, Johnson will be, or McMullen would be in, unless he wins Idaho too, in which case he'd beat Johnson by you know, five electoral college votes or something. And that is the ultimate goal. It's the, you know... This is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the situation and I'm saying Hillary's probably going to win. You know, all the signs are pointing in her favor. She's already up by 11 or 12 points. By the time by the time we get to election day, she might be up by 15 or 16 for all we know. And even if she's all, if she's still only up by double digits, she's going to win in a landslide, okay? So, that's probably a situation we're looking at. But do we just throw up our hands and say, well, you know, too bad we tried. We have a chance now. It's a slim chance, but we have, if we could all get organized and we really try, we have a chance. We have a chance to do something historic. We do. It's still a chance. The chance still exists because it's not over yet. And it's just like, look, um, back at the, at the convention when Trump was coronated as the candidate, and a lot of people like myself were saying, now is, okay, now is our, the one and only chance get the delegates together. You got to get Trump out of there. We can do it legally because Trump cannot win. It's going to be a disaster. He's going to take down everything with him. And it's going to be exactly everything that I said. It's going to be, it, ter- it all turned out that way, right? Everything that we said, those of us who were in the free, free the delegate camp at the convention saying, we got to get Trump out there, do whatever we can within the law, within the rules of the party to get him out. It doesn't matter if people are upset. It doesn't matter if his base revolts. It doesn't matter because if we don't get him out of there, he's, it's going to be a disaster and Hillary's going to win. This is our one chance to get him out. And everyone said, yeah, you can't do that. That never happens. It's not going to happen. You can't do it. You're not going to do it. We can't do it. 
but we could have. We just chose not to. It could have happened, but they chose not to. And now look, all these people are wishing to God that they had done it when they could. We're, we're, in a, we're in a very strange place right now. We're in a very strange place. And there are a lot of things happening this year that have never happened before or are very rare or seemed impossible. A lot of things happening this year that seemed impossible. This whole election. Find me one person who thought two years ago that this, this, this election would be taking place with these people in this way, with all the things that have happened. It all seems impossible. But it's happening anyway. So this is an election of impossibility, and most of the impossible things that have been happening have been bad, impossible things. So let's, let, let's try to jump in and make a good, impossible thing happen. Why not? This is our one chance. We've got one shot, and it is a shot. It's not, it's, it's unlikely, it's, but it's not impossible, and it's not as unlikely as everyone thinks. If you live in Utah, vote for McMullen. If you live in New Mexico, vote for Johnson. If you live in Idaho, vote for McMullen. If you live any other state outside of that, I would say, and unless it's a blowout situation and Hillary's ahead by 30 points like in Maryland, then fine, do a protest vote. There's nothing you can do. But if you live outside of that, then you have to be strategic. Now, look, um, if everyone does just what the pollsters predict and if everyone just does the standard thing, um, then Hillary will win. That's that, you know, the default setting right now is Hillary wins. So we have to do unexpected things to prevent that. We have to do things that are not expected. And so we know what voting strategically looks like in Utah, New Mexico, and Idaho. Um, there's, nev- there's not going to be a situation where strategically you should vote for Clinton. No, nobody should be voting for Clinton at all. Because first of all, she's pure evil. And second of all, uh, she's it, she's we need to take votes away from her because she's the one who's going to win. And yeah, we don't want Trump to win either because we're trying to get it to the House of Representatives where where uh, McMullen could be could be could actually become the next president. But what that means is if you're in a state, you got to look at the polls. And if you're in a state where Clinton is ahead by, you know, two or three points, um, then I think you vote for Trump. In order to take it away from Hillary in order to take those electoral college votes away from Hillary. If Clinton wins all of the states that she's forecasted to win, then she'll be president easily. So you got to look at those forecasts, look at the polls, and we need to take some of those states away from her. And the only person they could really go to, realistically, is is Trump. Uh, We need to take a few of those states away from her. Trump is probably not, not, you know, he's not going to gain any more states than that. And that's our one chance of creating a deadlock. This is the interesting thing. You know, in most other elections, when we talk about the, you know, to even be discussing the possibility of the election going to the House of Representatives would have been crazy. But the reason it would have been crazy is because no independent candidate actually had a chance of winning any states. And it only works if you have independent candidates winning a few states. And so that's why in the past we never talked about this because, because that couldn't happen. But this time around, that definitely can happen. And really, the thing that makes the House of Representatives play unrealistic is not because of the independent candidates, but because of Trump, because Trump probably can't take any states from Hillary. So our way to make that happen is to give him a few states that he wouldn't, that he's not forecasted to win. We pray for a deadlock. It goes to the House of Representatives, at which, and then people say, well, how do we know that you know, the House of Representatives wouldn't put in, uh, 
wouldn't put in Trump or Clinton. Well, we don't know exactly what they would do. And of course, that'd be, I mean, I cannot imagine the incredible pressure they would be under from, from all uh, corners. And remember, this would be the incoming House of Representatives. And if the Trump effect is so disastrous that the House of Representatives goes blue, then of course, Hillary becomes president. But, but I don't see that happening. So then we're going to have the incoming House deciding between Donald Trump or Evan McMullen. At which point... And I know now we're, you know, we seem to be in fantasy land, but let's play this all the way out. House of Representatives, they're given the chance. Of course, they're not going to put Hillary in there. They're choosing between Donald Trump or Evan McMullen. Why would they give it to Trump? I mean, not only is Trump manifestly unqualified for the job, but he's been, he's actively campaigning against them right now. He's campaigning against, against Congress, against Republic, the Republican Congress. Are they going to turn around and, and, and hand him the presidency after what he did? Of course not. Yeah, if they were to go and give it to uh, Evan McMullen, it would create a big uproar and there would be people very upset and it may even spell doom for the GOP, but the GOP is probably doomed anyway and they're certainly doomed with a Trump presidency and they're probably doomed with a Hillary Clinton presidency because of the civil war that's going to rage right afterwards with people blaming each other. Um, so they're probably doomed regardless. They might, it's, you know, so then it's kind of like a, um, it's, their, it's their last move. It's, it's, they can do one heroic thing. Uh, before they, the party is destroyed anyway and a lot of uh, political careers are ruined. Just do one, just do the right thing because you're probably finished anyway. And the right thing would be to put in Ed McMullen. And at that point, you know, all of these, we've got the 30, 30 35% rabidly enthusiastic Trump fans. And of course, they're, they're going to be, you know, staging mass suicides probably if this were to happen. But the majority of conservatives, even the ones who support Trump, have claimed all along that really this is just about keeping Hillary out. They don't like Trump, but this is the situation that we're in. So they would have in that in that case where it's at the House of Representatives, those people would have no excuse to actually be clamoring for Trump to be given the presidency at that point because Hillary's already out. They said they don't like Trump. McMullen is obviously a better choice. So, you know, McMullen would have the majority of support from conservatives it's not likely folks but it's not impossible and so this is my you want to know what i what i endorse this is my endorsement i endorse this plan um and and i think it's what we should work towards and if we don't take active steps if we don't at least try a hail mary pass an act of desperation yes but if we don't at least try then we only have ourselves to blame there's no reason not to try and guess what even if you're a trump fan you should be all on board for this plan because it involves people in states that are going to go to Hillary voting for Trump. Maybe their ultimate goal is not the same as yours, but what I'm saying here is in, in those states, you should vote for Trump. Yeah. My, what I ultimately hope happens is different from what you ultimately hope happens, but we need to take some of the same steps to get there. And hey, at, at the end of the day, I, I thought we all basically mostly agree that we got to keep Hillary out. Personally, I think we should keep Hillary out and put somebody in who's qualified for the job. That's, that's, that's my position. And so let's do it, all right? Sound like a plan? Okay. Let's go do it. Ready? Break. All right. Sounds good. I'll talk to you guys next time. I appreciate it. Godspeed. <laughs>